Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent guests we've had on JM and the AM. Rabbi David Heber was with us last week to discuss calendaric trivia. My conversation with Rabbi David Heber on JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Oh. JM and the AM, that's Danny Palgon. Well, um... We knew that there'd be news if Rabbi Heber was on this morning. There's always news when Rabbi Heber is on, usually having to do with shul or laning or davening or some type of procedural matter when it comes to uh, when it comes to um, Jewish life. But apparently, Rabbi David Heber, who's Kashrus coordinator at the Star K and who is the rabbi of Kahal Avas Yisrael Tzemach Tzedek in Baltimore, Maryland, apparently he has become a grandfather this morning and has the news for us here at JM in the AM. Rabbi Heber, Mazal Tov, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for the big Mazal Tov, Baruch Hashem. We had a, a granddaughter, Baruch Hashem. We had a uh, it's, it's girl season, Baruch Hashem. So we're very <laughs> excited. And uh, we had two granddaughters recently, and we thank you, Ben for that very special schutz. Unbelievable. To speak to you after you've just... Uh, very recently heard this news is pretty amazing. So mazel tov to you and the entire family. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, here we go, Rabbi Heber. I asked you specifically to come on because of the anomaly, because of the the very different Shabbos that we're going to be having this Shabbos. And that is that there'll be three Torahs taken out. The first Torah we'll use for six aliyahs for Parshas Mishpatim. The second Torah we will use for Shvi to read all about Rosh Chodesh, starting from Uvyoma Shabbos. And, of course, the third Torah will be the uh, Mafti, and that will be in honor of Shabbos Shkolem. Um The uh, first question I have, are, are these the only two possibilities? Are Shabbos, Chanukah, Rosh Chodesh, and Shabbos uh, with a regular Parsha and Rosh Chodesh and Shkolem the only two times we would ever have three Torahs? Okay, good question. So the answer is, of course, Simchas Torah. We do that every year. Right. That's uh, <laughs> that's the famous one. Right. And then, you, then there's one more, and that is if Rosh Chodesh Nisan ah. is on Shabbos, uh, then you have Rosh Chodesh as the third Sefer Torah. So you lay in then the Parshas Shavuah together with Rosh Chodesh, together with um, the laying of Chodesh. All right. So I'm proud. I'm proud of myself because I guessed that one earlier this morning on the air. Now, it did, that's it. There's only three possibilities. That's it. That's it. This is the rarest one by far. The one mm-hmm. of Rishchidosh Adar on a Shabbos is, is by far the most infrequent one because, again, it goes together with um, with Purim on a Friday, which we know is uh, is not all that common. Right. Boy, oh, boy. I forgot that Purim. Fra- uh, two weeks from tonight. Purim is Megillah's. right. right. Me- McGill is two weeks from tonight. My gosh, this calendar is flying, and I think COVID makes it fly even more. Um, now, the reason I thought it would be interesting to have you on this morning, aside from the fact that I get carried away with a million different topics every time you're on, and I've been warned about that, by the way, so I have to make sure to keep this <laughs> keep this as tight as possible. I thought it would be interesting to ask you that, uh, as we know, since last Purim, or I guess more accurately, since around Shavuos time, when we started getting back into shul in this part of the world, um, there has been an effort to have smaller minyanim and more spread out minyanim 
many outdoor minyanim, and in general, just a lot more minyanim. So if a shul has usually one massive minyan, those minyanim are now spread all over and sometimes on top of the building because they have roof minyanim as well and in the backyard of the building, etc., etc. That would mean that there's going to be a lot of a musical Torah being played this Shabbos because every minyan would like to have three Torahs during the time that they need it in order to do the three portions that are necessary. So I guess this begs the question, Rabbi Heber, uh, do you think that in this COVID environment we need to address the issue if one only has access to one or two Torahs? Right, absolutely. Uh, and there are minyanim. There are definitely there's still in Baltimore. Again, most of the um, I think all the schools have opened up, but there are definitely outdoor minyanim uh, throughout the country of people being extra cautious yeah. and um or like you say, other you know other opportunities that, that people have, and the question is very very interesting issue of what happens if you have one safer tire. Obviously, you do a lot of rolling. Right. In other words, you're going to roll back and forth. The question though is, is a machleikas apayskim how to roll, right? How to roll, which is very very interesting. You're going to start this Shabbos. Everybody's going to start with mishpatim. Okay, let's assume you have one safer tire. There's also a discussion if you have two, which. Right. If we have time. We'll mention that as well. We have one safer Torah. Can I just can so, I just can I just guess at this sure. for a second? We Go are ahead, yep. we, because you know this is one of my pet peeves, and I love being on the soapbox with this. In order to decrease the tircha de tzibura, in order to decrease the uh, the annoying delays that happen in shul, which are halachically not permissible, right? I think I could state that pretty strongly that we are we we have to be very machmed about. About uh, about tirchad tibur about bothering people to stand and actually wait for us to continue the service. Is it possible you're going to suggest that because we're already in mishpatim that the second reading should be from truma from what we call parsha shkalim? Okay, so there is a shita like that, but I'm going to jump topics on you for a second. Go ahead, because you're mechavin to Ramesha Feinstein by two sifrei tyra. Uh. Fascinating tshuva. Listen to this. Ramesha says that if let's say you have two sifrei tyra, okay, so now you're going to lane from one Sefer Torah again. You, one of those Sefer Torah has to work for, for two Kriyas. The question is, do you do the first one, you know, or, or how do you do it, right? Or do you go back? You have three choices here. You can take the first Sefer Torah and lane the first two Kriyas. You can take a lot of options. He says take the less Tircha de Tzibura option, which means you'd have a difference between Hanukkah and, let's say, the Shabbos. Right. Again, there's two Sefer Torah. So the first Sefer Torah, you're going to start with, uh, mishpatim, okay? The second Sefer Torah, you're going to lane for Pinchas, which is Rish Chaydish. Right. Now you got to lane the third laning. Which one do you pick? So there are other opinions, that there's all sorts of opinions here, what to do. But Ramesha writes, okay, if you're ready by Mishpatim in the first Sefer Torah, right. so go use that one. Right. Makes so sense. So you'll use the first Sefer Torah for one and three. Now Hanukkah, you'd have a different combination because Hanukkah you lane Again, we're talking, we have two separate tire. Hanukkah, Yelein, Mikates. And actually, this coming Hanukkah, we're in a big bonus season of three separate tire. Because <laughs> we're going to do it again, Simchas Tyra. We're going to do it again, Shabbos Hanukkah. And we're going to do it again next year, Rosh Chaydash Nisan. Wow. Which is in 14 months. Wow. So we're, we're in a big, we're in a big, in fact, six years in a row. We're right in the middle of six years in a row of taking out three separate Torah at least one extra time. This is the time to donate a Torah to the shul. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And don't wait till the dry spell. I know I got really off topic here, but between 2032 and 2036, Rishchaydish Nisan to Rishchaydish Nisan, 
It doesn't happen at all. Oh, my God. Not once. Oh Four-year break hasn't happened since 1812 to 1816, <laughs> which none it. of us remember, right? <laughs> that's, that's way back. Anyway, back to the Ramesha. So Ramesha writes, oh, so go back to Hanukkah now, which we're going to have, we're going to have, um, you know, in uh, Hanukkah. Hanukkah's not that far either. Right. Right. So we're going to have there, you lay the first Sefer Torah, you lay Mikates. The second Sefer Torah, you're going to lay from Rosh Okay, what do you lay in the third Sefer Torah? from Nasai. So there Rabbi Isha says, take the second Sefer Torah and lay in, you know, we'll just roll from Pinchas back to Mikates, which is much, much closer. Okay, so your Tichet de Tzibura is what Ramesha says you apply to when you have two Sefer Torah. Right. Okay. Now, now, let's, now, now let's, let's come back. Good. Now to one. Come back to one. Now to one. Okay, so um, the Adaris, the Adaris says, it was a great Ravadar Tisrael many years ago. He says, I don't know if this is the svar that he gives, right? But the Adaris does say, he actually says, a different different aspect. It says like this, there's a concept, when a mitzvah comes to your hand, don't, don't give it up, right. right? Do it right now. So the Adaris wants to say that, okay, your exact case here, you're, you're laying uh, Shabbos, you're going to lay um, Parshas Mishpatim. Right now, you start rolling. Now the Gabbarim are rolling. Okay, immediate, almost immediately, they're going to go through Tumatzava, and about uh, twenty seconds later, ten seconds later, they're going to get to Kisisa. Right, and I so, said I said Truma before. It's Kisisa we lane from Mishpur Vishkolim. Kisisa, right? So now they're going to get to Kisisa. So the the uh, the Adara says, "Ain Mavir and Alamitzvus." Right? right. Don't don't pass it up. Lane. Shkolim, and then go to Rosh Chaydesh. Okay. Right. However, and there's a big however, no one should turn off the radio right now or the or the or the um, network. You know, Don't turn off the network. The right network. Now. The network. Don't close the network. Keep that Wi-Fi running. <laughs> so the, the Shari Ephraim, who's really the Shari Ephraim, is is a, is a safer on um, on Chris Atira, right? So the authority on Chris Atira. He says both by Hanukkah and by um, three Sefer Torah by Shkolem and Chaydish uh, also. We assume he's going to say that also. That the the Sharif Rime says laying in the proper order like every other shul in the world. Right. In other words, right. the first Korea is Shpatim, roll it all the way to Rosh Chaydish and then go back and laying Kisisa. Uh, Kisisa. Right. Now he doesn't give a reason. He doesn't give a reason. But if I want to propose the following reason. Uh. And then there's an interesting Mishaburah, which you're going to love, yeah. this one, especially what the could have been as a Mishaburah. I think the reason like this is that you're going to run to have Torah problems because ah, without getting into all the lumbus, right, the rule right. you lay in the Torah. The Maftir. The Maftir. The Maftir. The Torah follows what's called Salkin Yonah, which means right. whatever you lay last, from that last day of Torah is your Haftira. That would be if Shabbos or Shkodesh. That would be Shabbos or Shkodesh, right? It's going to be Rosh Chodesh. So now right. you're going to miss out the Shkodesh Haftira. You get yourself into a big a big mess. Now, the Mishabura himself addresses this issue by Hanukkah and speaks about what if the, you know, they made a mistake. What to do? Now, there you have a second reason for the Haftira of Pesume Nisa, because right. the Haftira speaks about the Venaira. Right. So they're ready. That's going to override. And right. Hanukkah, if you goof or you switch the order, you would actually still lane. The, uh, the Haftarah of Hanukkah. But you don't have that here. You only have, you know, there's no Pesubay Nisa of Shkolim. Right. And therefore, you, you would you would run into big Haftarah problems. Got so, it. right? And I didn't Got count it. the Pesukim. I really wanted to count and say, you want to <laughs> save time on this late rolling. <laughs> right? Although it's, 
I'm not sure. I, I, it, 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 I'm not sure which is longer there. But now listen to this. One more point. Good. And that is the, the my son told me, my son Yehuda told me, there's a safer Simchas Torah, Simon Nun Zion, that brings a riot to this very Shiloh, like the Shari Ephraim from the Mishabura. Okay, this is a very Gishmaka case, and it's an interesting you know, way of understanding this. Okay, listen to this. Could you get, do you ever get Chasat Torah, Chasat I Baruch Hashem, I have. You have. Okay. What if all your great fans say, we want to buy you Chasen Taira and Chasen Barashas? Right. Could you do that or not? I, I believe the so, end. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh, so Mr. Brewer says there's a technical problem. Really, you could, but there's a technical problem. And that is people are going to think the first Sefer Taira is puzzle because they're going to call you up for Chasen Taira. Then they're going to call you up for Chasen Barashas and they take another Sefer Taira. And therefore, people can say, oh, why are you landing again? Must be the first Sefer Torah is no good. But if you have one Torah, right, here's your chance. Go to an outdoor minion on Simchas Torah. Right. One Sefer Torah, you can get Chassan Torah, Chassan Barashas. Now, that's the Mishra says. Now let's analyze this case. You know what's going to happen here? You get Chassan Torah, the Mishra says, you roll the Sefer Torah all the way back from Barashas, all the way back to Barashas. You do the entire width of the whole Torah to Barashas, and then you go to Maftir. Right. Because the whole issue comes up because they're back-to-back. Right. So you literally would back, roll back and forth. Anyway, so you see from the Mishabura right. that the order on Simchus Torah with one Sefer Torah would be like normal. Right. right. It's a good proof. I like that. By the way, I davened this past Simchus Torah at a minion where the Balkore, because of COVID, got Chasen Torah, Chasen Barashas, and Maftir. Oh, and that's good. It was one Tyra, so yeah. it works out good. There's, there's no, there's no problem. Right. I assume there's only one Sefer Tyra. Right. There's only one Sefer Tyra. Right. So it worked. It worked according to that, uh, to, to that explanation. Uh, all right. A couple of other things here regarding this Shabbos. We spoke about the three Torahs, two Torahs, one Torah. Again, a lot of, a lot of uh, a, a COVID uh, affected minyanim, and you addressed that. I heard from somebody. I am in a neighborhood right now, which you might know this. I'm not sure how much you know about this neighborhood when it comes to uh, Shulman Huggin, but this neighborhood is very into Yotzros, very into Yotzros. It is hard to find a minion this Shabbos morning that is not saying Yotzros and Piyutim uh, in Shachris and Musuf. So I was really well. Now, so, and some shuls, some shuls don't say the Yotzros in Birchus Kriyashma, but will say the ones in Chazar Hashatz. Mm-hmm. So I was told that I was told that a rabbi in this community, this Shabbos, has announced that the the piyutim that they say in Chazar Shashatz of Shacharis will not be said this year for Parsha Shkalim because it's so long. But the ones from Musaf, because they're relatively short and add only a few seconds to each bracha, those that those will remain. So a COVID Yotzros piyutim sock from this neighborhood. What do you think of that? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, guys, every rov has to has to. Do you say outros you know, in your uh, shul? I think you do, right? You we say, say by musaf. We say by musaf by shkalim and hachaydish. Only? Well, yeah, because all the only all, all, all two that have by musaf, but but you only right, say, right. say don't do any shachars. That's interesting. No, no, not hagadol. Hagadol is really the, the granddaddy of the right. Ball, and hagadol and hagadol is a really cool one. It's got a lot of great material in it. <laughs> Correct. The hagadol got from right. there. Right. Yeah, right. is from. Is yeah, from it's there. really beautiful. The Pesach, yeah, the, the, the Yotzros and, and Shabbos hagadol are really beautiful. The the re, the rest of the the, the, the Arba parshas I don't understand the Yotzros, but in terms of Shabbos hagadol, it's really really nice. Um, all right, a couple of other tidbits that I wanted to go through with you. Uh, is this, in fact, a stretch of eight weeks in a row without Avarachamim? 
Yeah, it's about 10 because you it's have 10 in a row. Let's I think you got 10. You're going to have here. Yeah. Last week, Yisrael, right. Mishpatim is Shkolim, right. and Truma is Zachar. Right. And um, according to most Minhagim, they don't say Zachar. And then a Shushan Purim, that's four. And five is Para. And six is a Chaydish. Okay, now we're in Nisan already. Right. Seven is Nisan. Is, uh, is, is Nisan right. And eight is Erev Pesach. And nine is Shvishal Pesach. Right? So and it's ten a, is Shabbos Vavarchim. Now that gets tricky, Shabbos Vavarchim. Because right. some do, some don't. Right, because it's Sphira, right. some do, some don't. Right. Right, exactly. You want to hear wow, that's an interesting. interesting an interesting Argue, you talk about arguments in shuls. Yeah. In 1883. Yeah. Okay. We're going back 140 years or so. Yeah. There was a there was an argument in the shul, and the Shiloh came to the to the Orsameach. Listen to this. It's not this Shabbos, but it was Shkolim with three Sifrei Torah. Right. The only difference was in a leap year, the 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 laning is Pekude. Okay. Right. It'll be, it's not going to happen until 2052 where we have a leap year where Purim is on a Friday. Okay. We're, we're, we've got a long wait for this, <laughs> for this potential fight. Okay, in 1883. The Minig in this shul, I guess we don't have this anymore, but for those presidents of shuls listening, listen to this. They would auction off all the Chazaks of the entire year. Wow. And they had a second auction where they would auction off all the Shishis. Right? <laughs> Shishis uh, Chashvaliya, yeah. by Chesidim, it's certainly Chashvaliya. Right. This shul Auctioned off Chazak and Shishi, two different buyers. Okay, right. So that worked. It always worked. No problem. Right. right. There's no conflict. Oh my gosh, Pekudeh's going to be Shishi. <laughs> except Pekudeh. So what happened? There were three different Torah. They all come to Shul, and now we, as we know, and as you as you said it right at the beginning of the show, we're going to take Shishi and Shvi of Mishpatim, right, and combine it. The Shishi is going to get both. We're going to read both. Six Elias. Shvi is going to be the Rishchidish. Right. So. The the guy who bought Shishi said, "Okay, today's a bonus day. I get Chazak." Right. And the Chazak said, "Oh no, uh, I bought Chazak. I said, is mine." Oh my gosh! So it ended up being a Chayshe Mishpat Shaila. This is no different than you know than uh, I, we, know, you know, I, I bought know, the house. So you bought the house. I know how I would paskin. I, Go I, ahead. I would give the first guy Maftir and say, "Yeah, you have Maftir Shabbos Shkolem, baby. Come on." I mean, Shabbos, <laughs> is it Shkolem, right? <laughs> So you get a shuvah shkolim. Right. The only time you have a chazak right. on the on right. the three sefer Torah right. is 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 pekude. Right. So the, the arsameach came out, and you can look up in the is is he comes out the chazak is the winner. Wow, right? chazak is the winner, not the shishi. Wow. I'm not sure the lumdis, but you know the, the dayanim have a hard job because that's a tough shiloh. So that guy must think. I guess that guy got shlishi that shabbos. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they gave him a consolation. They, I don't know they, what they, did. they moved him into another chush of a slot. <laughs> Uh, before you go, do you want to get involved in my uh, recent controversies with ArtScroll? Do you want to get involved in this? Because I did say to them that uh, this that my issues with them are not done until I speak to you. So are you ready for this one? Go ahead. Is, I, I think after all my research and after all my discussions with Rabbi Gedalia Zlotowitz and uh, a gentleman named Menachem who I saw this week at his office, who's, who really knows everything about the research of Sidurim, I think I have to finally admit that it's a true machlokus on Shabbos Birchas HaChodesh, when we bench Rosh Chodesh, if we say Harishon or Rishon, Hasheni or Sheni, it looks like there's valid um, there's valid uh, um, opinions on both sides. What do you do in your shul? Is it Harishon or Rishon? 
I, I say Harisha, but it's interesting. I've, that's what I've always heard. I'm, I'm not. Um, it, it's really a question for the Bali Dikduk. Right. Because um, by the, the way, rest. it may not be a Dikduk question after all my research, and I'll tell you why. Because it, it seems that it depends not on Dikduk, but on your outlook of what you're announcing. If you're announcing the name of the day of the week, then of course it has to be Rishon Shani Shlishi. That's the name of the day of the week. If you're announcing the day of the week in relation to Shabbos, then it has to be Hasheni, Hashlishi, because it's, you know. Interesting. So, and, and, and that's what I saw. I always thought there's, that it must be Rishon Shani Shlishi. It must be the name of the day of the week. But then I actually saw in one of the other Art Scroll Sidurim, this is what started the whole discussion, because obviously their Sidurim contradict each other. Uh, I saw in another Art Scroll sitter where it said uh, this explanation that it has to be Keneged Shabbos. It has to be, you know, in the context of being in, you know, what day until like Shabbos. An adjective, like an adjective. Right. So I don't think it's a dick duck thing. I think it's an attitude. Do we want a name of the day of the week to announce or do we want it in the context of Shabbos? And of course, uh, you know, and it's funny when we actually say Shabbos. We don't use the hey. Hayom yom rishon b'Shabbos. There's no need to because we're saying it's it's Shabbos. But when we, there's no word Shabbos, right? It's not like we're saying hayom yom, you know, right, rishon. Standalone, right? There was a standalone. You have uh, no choice. You have to use the hey as a reference to you know. It's understood that it, which I thought was very interesting. And I th- I think now after the whole research, we're going to have to just agree that it's a machlokus because I you know I I thought I had the people who wrote those sederim and then then it's proven that as as many other things in Judaism. There are many opinions, Rabbi Heber. The other, right. the other thing, the other thing I wanted to get, the other thing I wanted to get you involved with was um, uh, was look when you when you you're an out of towner, right? You lived in Missouri. You Absolutely. lived in so so you you know what a Shabbos Yontif Siddur is. You remember the old Shabbos Yontif Siddur, whether it's Birnbaum or RCA, right? You know you know what a Shabbos yeah, Yontif. Yes. yes. When you yes. when you finish Anim's Miras. And now it's time to say the Yom, and you have a Shabbos Yontif Siddur in front of you. What do you expect to be the next thing after either Kaddish or that on Mizmiros? What do you think the next thing should be, the next paragraph should be in that Siddur, in your opinion? I mean, the Yom, I'm mean, talking about the, yeah, the, the Ashkenaz. Ashken, Ashken, Ashken. right. I grew up in Nusach Svarad Shul. So, uh, so you said the Yom earlier. Yom, it was on Mizmiros, we right. you know, it, was, it was done. Right. But in Ashkenaz, after on Mizmiros, you'd have the Yom. Right. Which one? Which of the seven would you think would be the one in a Shabbos Yontif Siddur? Would be the first one. Oh, a Shabbos Yontif Siddur would yeah. be uh, Sunday. Yeah, you actually—I I can't believe I should have asked you in advance before I put you on the air. <laughs> <laughs> no, one second. Hold on, hold on. A Shabbos Yontif. Hold on a second. Let Look, me let me step back a minute. When you have a sitter, to... when you have a sitter, it's not a when you have a whole sitter, right? A whole sitter that could also be used on Shabbos, meaning it's you know. Then, then it makes sense to me that you would have like a machzer. When you have a machzer, right. that's specific, oh, so machzer, right? A machzer so for yonder. So the majority, well, the, the, to the majority of the time, that machzer is being used on a weekday. So it should start with Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and of course Shabbos is there at the end. Well, I, I well, get that. You know that. what I was busy with? What I was busy with when I was a kid looking to the machzer is when I was first learning about the calendars, and I enjoyed seeing why is only the yom for you know Sunday, Tuesday, right. and so on. Right, there. that's brilliant. Right, the that brilliant? whoever wrote it, yeah. That's brilliant. I was very careful. I, by, to, the, by the way, I think I think I just got an alert from somebody. It was a great, 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 great grandfather of yours because <laughs> because only you, <laughs> only someone in your family could have thought right. of which days in a we, week certain days could come. We had a good out. time, you know. We went, went to some uh, whatever. Like why why like in, in, in Parshas, um, you know, why is this Chumash have this Haftarah right. in it? Like Machar right. you know, is never. 
you never have a machachaydish this type of the year, you know, right. whatever this this part of the year. Anyway, so I, I in a, in a, well, machzor can be different than a Shabbos. Correct. In a machzor, of course. Correct. You're going to start with Sunday Correct. or whatever Monday, whatever Correct. possible days. Correct. Yotav is going to be. I but agree. But in a Shabbos yontav siddur, meaning meaning a Shabbos siddur that, that says on it, you know, siddur le Shabbos for yontav, meaning a, a siddur that the majority of the time is being used for Shabbos, but of oh, course, right. but of okay. course, can be used I see, for right. So no, then you put Shabbos first because you go by the majority. <laughs> Do me a favor. Do me a favor. The next time you're in touch with our friends at Art Scroll, do me a favor. Toss in this opinion if you don't mind, because I need I, I need as much help as possible on this one. <laughs> I got it. I hear you. You have my I back. Or my Heber has my back on this one. No problem. But no I, problem. I just thought I just thought when you turned that page after Adam Zabiris for the Ashkenazim, the first thing is that you're gonna that you should see is Hayom Lim Shabbos Kodesh, and of course the other days should follow in case you know you're using it for a yuntif. But if, they, right. if it's meant as a Shabbos sitter, that also could be used for Yontif, unlike the Machser. And by the way, when Rabbi Zlotowicz said to me, the Machser, you know, to bring it a raya for his position, I said, no, you're bringing a raya to my position. A Machser should start with Sunday. It's made for Yontif. And the majority of the time, it's not Shabbos when you're dominating from a Machser. But the majority, but the majority right. of the time exactly. you're using a Shabbos Yontif sitter is going to be Shabbos. And only occasionally right, is right. going to be Right, right. The Machser is definitely not a raya. I got a better idea. Yeah. You really want, no one has to turn pages. At the end of the Yontav Shmusaf Shman Esrei, you just put Ed Kalkeinu, Aleinu, and Anasmiris again. Right? And then no one has to flip. Yeah, you mean when you're when you're doing the uh, the Musaf Lashalash Regalim Shman Esrei in the, back, in the back of the sitter. Right. But that's just extra pages, but yeah. technically. But, but again, it, it's because you have to flip the page. Right. I want to tell you, my, my when I, when, you know, a lot of Machsayim, when they have Rosh Hashanah Liyayim Rishayim, Rosh Hashanah Liyayim Shani, Okay, this is my, was always my uh, uh, issue. With Machsarim, we'll have, at the end of, let's see, what is it? At the end of um, Rishon, they will t- uh, uh, turn you, no, at the end of Chazar Sashat, um, I think you have to flip sometimes. No, 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 no I'm, I'm mixed up. I, I would, a lot of times, I, I go back to Rishon. When I daven Yom Naram, I put my notes, I daven Musa for the Amid, I put all my notes in, in the first day. I don't have to do it again for the second day. Notes or the good and whatever it might be. So when I dive in the second day, as soon as I finish the beginning of the Chazar Sashat, I flip back to to uh, to day one. But I think in one of the Machsarim, you got to flip. You know, right after Chazar Sashat, you got to flip to get the Kaddish Arms of Mirrors, et cetera. Um, um, anyway, whatever. So, so it's flipping pages. Right. When I was a really little kid in first grade, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay, <laughs> a really little kid, my Rebbe was Rabbi, Rebbe Zev Eisenstein, Zechron Levracha. He was the most wonderful first grade Rebbe in St. Louis. He, he was a principal at Hamilton for many years after St. Louis. Right. I was in his class. And this is the mind of a little kid. I said, remember the old Shvil Chadash Sidurim? No, I don't remember that one. Right. Shvil Chadash had in it Rosh Chodesh. Right. It had Rosh Chodashim. It started right there. And it told you, okay, start with, you know, Ovisov at the beginning, you know, right. and then flip to here and then flip back. So I looked at the Siddur and I first learned how to read. I said, why does Rosh Chodesh only have, you know, over Rosh Chodeshim as your Shman Esrei? Where's the rest of Shman Esrei? Right. Maybe uh, I could only read Hebrew. I couldn't read the English. Right. Very good. <laughs> very good. The Shiloh sitter made you jump back and forth, I remember. Shiloh, oh, the Shiloh sitter. Right. That it was made all you, over. It made you jump <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, For a regular no. Minchi, you had to jump all over the place. Yeah, right. <laughs> by the way, oh, by the way, you'd prefer Vihi Noam. When, if you'd be writing a sitter, you'd prefer Vihi Noam in Mariv Lachol, or you'd put it in the back with the prayers for Saturday night? You would put it in Lachol. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Wow. And Svira also should be there. But yeah, uh, again, everybody has their own right. 
you know, it's it's a judgment call. Elu ve'elu, divil kimchayim. They're all right. They're so, all right. So Rabbi Zlotowitz sent me uh, a screenshot of a safer. Um, he sent this to me yesterday. The safer is called Birchas Achodesh. Have you ever seen this? Uh, no. Birchas Achodesh Hilchos Uminhagim. Shatz Machriz Rosh Chodesh Ploni Yebiyom Harishon. And then it says, oh, wow. and then it says, Minik Hatemanim Lomar Biyom Sheni Biyom Shlishi Uchadoma below Tosfos below Tosfos A. But I got a question on that sitter. It says the shots is machrus. In most shuls, the gabai is machrus. I've never been to a shul where Chazan yells it out. No, not the mola. The Yebiyom Harishon. Oh no, I see Yebiyom. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, okay, I got it. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I apologize. You remember when I get to Bichas I think of my father. All of had a beautiful. Which we actually once played on the air. We gotta, wow. gotta get it back on, maybe. Yeah, Not let's. Let, I'll get it to you. Let's get it back on for Nissan. And uh, yeah. I, and did your shul have uh, Yichad Sheu to the tune of Mishnechnas Adar, or you don't have a uh, you don't okay, have? Okay, so I daven for the um, I, yeah. I I did I did Mishnechnas to to Huelakenu. Uh, in uh, Shmonesri, in, in Musaf, in Shmonesri, what do you, what do right. you use for Yichad Sheu, or nothing special? I didn't. I, I like the regular nusuch. Wow. I, I, I'm not a big singer of Chazayu. That's it, Rabbi Heber. I can't be president of your shul. You better hope I, I use the tells. I go. I like the tells. Uh, the the nusuch. I use my father's for Yerutzayin and the tells wow. Chazayu, which is nusuch, just straight nusuch. Amazing. Always a delight to speak with you. Thank you so much for taking the time. And boy, it's amazing how many topics we covered this morning. I'll tell you. Baruch Hashem. And if people want to chazer over the shir, oh yes, yes, yes. A, I gave. It'll be on Torah anytime. Probably today at some point. Uh, Shear on 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 this very topic, three sifrei Torah, and then the next week or maybe the week after, there'll be why why is Purim on Friday so rare? That's coming out. Uh that Shear will be up uh, next week or early the week of Purim. Why is Purim on Friday so infrequent? And we go through all yeah, the. I know the reason. All the, all the I know the reason. Because I'll give What's you, that? I'll I'll tell you the reason because it's always the answer to all these questions because Hashanah Rabbah can't be on Shabbos. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Okay, now I'm making a deal. You're gonna broadcast. My dream is to be in 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 Eretz Yisrael, Yerushalayim, for a Purim Shulish. That's on my list. Okay? When it, when's the next one? So the next one's in four years. But I, I, uh, Shem, uh, I, I, it's very. I hope to continue being rob. It's very Purim. It's very hard to go away. And right. There's a lot of things That's going true. on. Right. Yoyin, and, should have put that in your Joel contract, Christ. Rabbi Shabbat, you, should one, that in, you should have put that in your contract. <laughs> yeah, right. The one after that is 20 years later. Oh my gosh. 20 years later, and that's 2045. Wow. All right. So, uh, we'll, I, maybe I'll still be a Rav, and, and not, not retired yet, but we'll, we'll be up in the years. Baruch Hashem, I have a nephew who just got engaged. He's going to live in Eretz Yisrael, so we, we're going to have to book him for 20 years from now. I have a niece there also. <laughs> so, Mr. Shem, we're going we're gonna to book ahead. <laughs> Let him know. Let him know you need a room. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rabbi Heber, you're amazing. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Always great to speak to you. Appreciate that. Check out Rabbi Heber Shear on this topic at TorahAnytime.com. And as you heard him say, this topic he's addressing now. In a couple of weeks, we'll talk about Purim on Friday and why it's so rare. Pretty amazing. Rabbi Heber is, of course, Kashrus coordinator at the Star K and the Rabbi of Kahal Avas Yisrael Tzemach Tzedek in Baltimore, Maryland, and proudly the calendaric consultant on America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NachumSiegel.com, and the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Thank you, Hashem. 
That was my conversation with Rabbi David Heber. Professor Hindi Lubinsky of Turo College joined us recently. Here is that conversation on JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Professor Hindi Lubinsky is with us live via telephone, director and department chair of the Turo College graduate program in speech-language pathology. And uh, before I introduce Professor Lubinsky uh, uh, formally, I just want to thank Turo College. They were one of the amazing commercial sponsors of our Kosher Halftime Show. If you haven't seen it yet, by the way, it is worth seeing the Kosher Halftime Show just to see how professional and how professionally done the Turo commercial is. Uh, it really gets the point across about how valuable their education can be for so many in our community and, and beyond our community as well. But obviously, Kosher Halftime Show is aimed at our community. Um, so a big thank you to our friends at Turo College for that. Check out the Kosher Halftime Show. Go to NahumSiegel.com. It's the first thing you'll see. Go to YouTube and search Kosher Halftime Show 2021. Uh, go to Facebook, Facebook.com slash Network. Those are all different ways that you can... Um, uh, go ahead and uh, and view the Kosher Halftime Show. Professor Hindi Lubinsky is Director and Department Chair of the Turo College Graduate Program in Speech-Language Pathology. Professor Lubinsky, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Thank you. Ple- and uh, be glad to be here. I appreciate that. A pleasure to speak with you. All right, I need a little bit of a tutorial. What is speech-language pathology? Okay, I'm glad you asked that, actually, because many, many very informed people out there still think (laughs) of us as people who fix a lisp, and that's where it ends. Correct. But speech-language pathologists, really therapists, assess, treat so many individuals with a myriad of speech, language, and hearing, and swallowing disorders out there. Let me give you a few examples. Sure. Um, Children and adults with cerebral palsy, cleft palate, cochlear implants, genetic syndromes, stroke, swallowing difficulties, fluency, stuttering, apraxia. The list goes on and on. For babies, we get involved with feeding and language development. Today, unfortunately, large amounts of autism is seen. And uh, there's also, we also get involved a lot of times with uh, accent modification. Voice is a big thing. And the reason I left that for the end right now is because right now, today, nowadays, we're seeing a lot of problems with breathing difficulty post-COVID, with individuals who were intubated, or just in general post-COVID, swallowing and uh, breathing difficulties. So we're involved with that as well, uh, many different areas. Being a speech therapist has is, is a wonderful field. Uh, it, it, it has a lot of unique opportunities. It's a field with uh, both full and part-time work, and that's something very, very important, the flexibility in scheduling, particularly today for, say, a young or any from mother who wants to be the best possible housewife, mother, and juggle a jog at the same time. So, therefore, you need to have that flexibility in scheduling. You work with different populations, babies, all the way up to the geriatric, and in different locations such as schools, hospitals, nursing homes, clinic, private practice. You can mix. You know what, Nachum? It's it's the perfect job that you won't burn out in because there's so many different, different uh, possibilities. And, and I have to just, uh, you know, as somebody who, who saw therapists in action, you know, for quite a while because of the, of the preemies we had years ago, 
I have to I have to add um, the fulfilling experience that it is, and I and I think I could speak on behalf of of your students and potential uh, a therapist. Uh, the the incredible amount of satisfaction that one gets from literally you know, changing someone's life in a positive manner. And it may take time and it may take a lot of sessions and sometimes years to see the fruits of your labor in full. But it's amazing what someone can do to really change in a positive way the life of someone they're working with. You know, actually, you you stole my last line. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that, and it's true, it's a job where, and I'm very passionate about the work that I do, but it's a field that everybody feels that way, that you're changing a person's life. You're actually performing a big chesed while getting paid nicely for it. Now, now, I mean, look, obviously those those two reasons are good reasons to go into a field, but, but what type of person? You know what it's like when we put people from Turo on the air? We're looking to target the students and the parents of those students or potential students who think, hey, that's something that I or that's something that my kid really would be good at. Tell me the, the skills and strengths that someone needs. You need to be what type of person with what type of of skill set or potential skill set to enter into this field. Well, that's that's very important because if somebody goes into a field just because someone said it's lucrative or their friend went into it, that right. doesn't work. Right. It has to be a person who is a people's person with a warm heart, giving. Uh, you need to be extremely creative and flexible. And uh, look, when you come into a session, sometimes uh, the client that you have had a relapse, uh, had a bad day, and your session won't work. So the flexibility and thinking on your toes are very, very important. Of course, we know that some of these skills come with time, but some are innate. But one thing is important. One should really ask themselves, am I the type of person that I would want to working with my child or my elderly parent. What a and the great, answer what a, needs to be a resounding yes. What a great way to put it. What a great way to put it. People sometimes don't have that self-awareness. They may want to ask somebody else that question. Am I the type of person that you'd want to have You know, working with your family on an issue like this? That's a very... Very, very good way of putting it. Uh, uh, Professor Hindi Lubinsky is with us, Director and Department Chair of the Turo College Graduate Program in Speech and Language Pathology. By the way, what's the path here? Someone graduates, you know, college. Do they then move to a one, two, or three-year program, you know, under your tutelage, or is it something that's combined with a BA? How does it work, just practically? Okay, so you do need a bachelor's degree with certain prerequisites, which we do offer in Turo in many of our campuses. Uh, Usually the degree can be in psychology, education, Judaic studies, anything related, and it can be done in many ways. It's pretty, it's quite flexible for us. In today's day and age, particularly post, uh, not post, but in the middle of the pandemic, unfortunately, we anticipate seeing, seeing a lot of applicants with courses perhaps pass-fail, online, um, and also students are granted credit today for seminary, high school, advanced courses, yeshiva. So there are ways to expedite that bachelor's degree. Got it. Then you need a master's program because the entry level into the field is a master's degree. How long? How long is that program? The master's program is two years, okay. and included in the program are the coursework and 400 clinical supervised hours. Um, they occur in our, we, in the, starts usually in a clinic. We have our own beautiful 
uh, we have a gorgeous campus. So I invite you to come visit us, and <laughs> anyone else who wants will roll out the red carpet. We have a beautiful campus uh, built in Brooklyn, built to our specifications with state-of-the-art clinic. And then students go out to placements, um, and they get experience in child through adult. Um, remember, you're only going to be as good as you've been trained. So it's very important to go to a solid, good very, very highly professional school. After they graduate, they complete what's called a clinical fellowship year under supervision, but they are getting paid at that point. And then they apply for their ASHA certification, state licensure, and if so, decide teaching certification. So you get a, a lot of degrees. Uh, and for us, if I, from our college, work in any state across the United States and all over. More men or women are applying or part of, and this is not a comment on anything. I'm just curious what the statistics are. From our community, is it more men, more women? How does it work? It's not only our community. The speech in general happens to be a female um, field. Uh, you go to a convention, and there are more, far more ladies uh, areas than men. Um, it's wow. in general a female field. But I would like to say that uh, we do have uh, males out there. And let me throw in, that's one of the things that I take a lot of pride in as an accomplishment for the community. Um, we began a program where we took in from Hasidish men because not only Hasidish, but Haredi, we'll call them, right. okay, for argument's sake. Right. And uh, there was a big shortage. It was virtually non-existent to have male therapists in the yeshivas. It was, then, therefore, they were underserved, because many boys over 13... Me, mean, mitzvah, meaning the kids were underserved, the right. The kids were underserved. Right. Over by mitzvah, or the yeshiva didn't feel comfortable. Right. And how about even the Gedole Hadar, who unfortunately had strokes, we right. needed male therapists out there. Even though, I, for example, I speak Yiddish, Yiddish fluently, I'm from, but in certain situations, right. it would have been more appropriate to have a male therapist. So with the direction and guidance from leading Das Torah and encouragement from the community, our, uh, our administration, who is just wonderful, um, worked hard, and we have graduated many yeshiva men, many rabbis, uh, Rabbanim went into the field. Some, I know somebody that is still a, ra, a Rebbe in pre-1A and then does speech therapy afterwards, and I'd love to have someone like that for my children or grandchildren. Wow, very, um, very it's feeling nice. feeling a void in the yeshiva. Yeah, brilliant. Really. And it's, it's a, strong, uh, a strong area that this is one of the special things that I take pride in that we accomplished for the community. Uh, Nachum, you may remember the story. What kind of people are these? I just want to give you an example. You may remember the story in the old city of um, a attempted stabbing of a police officer at the entrance to the Shah, Correct, yeah. to the old city, sure. and how the two young American Haredim jumped Correct. in and uh, prevented this and then were given awards by the Israeli government. Right. Those two young Haredim men were our alumni. <laughs> I'm just showing you what kind of uh, a product we yeah. have. Talking about, talk about jumping in and caring for a fellow human being. That's amazing. That's really cool. And what you just told us now about the outreach that Turo's made to that community, uh, to a community we all care very much about, that's, that's brilliant. That's actually a brilliant move. Uh, two more things I wanted to ask you. Professor Hindi Lubinsky is with us. Uh, obviously, when it comes to Turo, we know this, and I told a story when Robert Kripke was on about somebody I met in the bank who told me that they were a proud um, a graduate of uh, Turo College and someone who had zero to do with our community, but they were a, a very prideful graduate. Um, 
we know that you're obviously servicing, you know, multiple communities and people of all backgrounds uh, through all the schools. Why is this profession, uh, speech patho- speech language pathology, why is this so well suited for someone from the from community? Not only is the profession, but Turo of extremely well-suited for the from individual. First of all, for the profession, the fact that you can be flexible and work part-time and or full-time uh, and be uh, available for your family is so important that you're not going to miss a Chumash party or the important things right. in life when you have children. Yeah. And as far as the from person that comes into Turo, it is an absolutely wonderful place for them to be because we have off Yom Tovim take, for example. Let me give right. you just two points. They Good feel point. very comfortable in the entire environment. They're with others as well, and the other from girls and right. um, or boys. We have, you know, whatever the right. case may be um, in, uh, ha- that is set up. In I do have to tell you that the individuals find that we're off, let's say, for example, the entire Pesach, because that's Chalamel too, right. and Sukkot, and I don't allow any exams right before Pesach, right after, because we understand these needs, mm-hmm. all right? And then, also, for example, we understand you'll get married, there'll be Sheva Brachas, you'll be out for right. quite a few days. Right. We know that, and we work with you on that. These are important things, yet we don't take away a single drop of the professionalism, because Turo is a very, very highly regarded professional program known across the United States. It's a program equal or on par or above of many of the programs out there. You know, we have the certification standards that we have to live up to. And I do want to say on our last um, accreditation, Nachum, uh, during that cycle of all the schools that were reaccredited, there were only five programs in the entire United States that had a perfect reaccreditation, and we were one of them, the only one in the East. So it, it, it is, uh, uh, we've got everything here, the professional high-level program and the comfort for the firm person and um, the attention to everything that they need. Well, look who's running the program, a firm person. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. And finally, look, I have to assume that the majority of the therapies and uh, procedures that you've described in this conversation uh, are, are generally reserved for a face-to-face encounter. Um, with that in mind, is there anything positive in your field about the last 11 months during this pandemic? Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing positive really about having a pandemic. (laughs) That's true. But I always look for the silver lining in the cloud. And there's definitely uh, that I do want to share with you. First of all, we... Uh, the administration was very, very perceptive and, and got us remote it, on time early, right. even. They didn't spare any expenses, and we were all trained. I believe it was 24 hours a day that they were, we had anybody who needed help had help 24 hours a day. They gave us in-services and trainings, and we did not miss a class. The reviews of the students were unbelievable. They could not believe how seamless everything 
thing was. And it did. It did work very well. Not only that, we were able to graduate every single person who was supposed to graduate on time. And that is the Herculean efforts of the clinic director and her individuals because that is almost an impossibility. And we were able to do that. Um, What I think we took away that we might use later on as well is excellence in online courses if needed. Although we plan to go back face-to-face, certain classes and aspects can be used to enhance the entire learning process of online. The other thing is the students were taught the um, telepractice. And this type of delivery and mode of therapy is something that is going forward will stay, and there is a need for it. Our students got recognition and immediate employment in many, many places because we trained them with this. As a matter of fact, they tell us that the seasoned therapists in the schools are turning to them and asking them, how do we do this and how do we do telepractice? So this is very important. We're even going to be having a a continuing education course uh, workshop day in March, Stay tuned on uh, telepractice for everybody else out there because right now this is quite important, and I'm proud that we trained our students in it. Fantastic. Professor Hindi Lubinsky, Director and Department Chair of the Turo College Graduate Program in Speech-Language Pathology. Uh, aside from Turo.edu, anything else people need to know about getting information about your program? Well, our particular site would be shs.turo.edu. Um, we, uh, we have our application deadline is February 15th. Uh, you can still apply for the master's program and take courses all the way through the summer. And uh, we look forward to people joining this wonderful field and a warm atmosphere. I do want to say the faculty are the warmest open-door policy, which is goes way above beyond just the learning experience, and we look forward to everybody jo- joining our Turo family. Re- repeat that specific address, please. shs.turo.edu slash programs slash SLP. Professor Hindi Lubinsky, Kalakavod, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day. You as well. Great program, boy. Great program. That is impressive and really well-suited for the uh, Jewish student and for the uh, Jewish professional once they get the degree. Um, check it out, everybody, and my thanks to Professor Hindi Lubinsky. And again, a big thank you to our friends at Turo College, not only wonderful sponsor of uh, JM&AM and the Nachum Siegel Network, but an amazing sponsor of our Kosher Halftime Show, which you should watch. Go look at the professionalism of the very first commercial of that uh, of that kosher halftime show. It comes from Turo College. Wednesday morning broadcast. Plenty more on a Wednesday at JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Professor Hindi Lubinsky of Turo College. Robert Katz, Chief Development Officer at OHEL. He and I were speaking about the upcoming gala, the virtual gala for OHEL, March the 7th. Robert Katz, a recent guest on JM in the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind at the Nachum Siegel Network. JM in the AM. Robert Katz is going to join us in a minute. And I, you know, there's been so many lessons we've learned during this whole COVID 19 thing, which, by the way, on the um, secular calendar is now 11 months. 11 months since uh, the synagogues and uh, community locations in Westchester, New York uh, were shut down. And that's, of course, where it started in this area. 
Um, Robert's about to join us, and of course, we're going to be speaking about the uh, incredible Ohel Gala. I, I don't know how they're going to pull this off, but boy, they're on the road to pulling off an amazing event, both online <clears throat> and in person, which we'll talk about. <clears throat> but the the point I wanted to make is that, and we've learned this, we've learned this so many times over the last few months. Um, so many people are under the impression that organizations, especially those that uh, so often need in-person uh, meetings and in-person uh, encounters, in-person events, uh, that they've been laying low during the COVID-19 pandemic. And as we've learned so many times over the last few months, the exact opposite is true. And I would bet, and we'll ask Robert about this, that the people at OHEL have stepped up their game tremendously uh, over the last 11 months while their fundraising efforts and their in-person events have obviously dwindled because of the situation. So everybody out there, uh, if you could set aside Sunday, March the 7th for OHEL's virtual event um, and um, and consider strongly just how their personnel, staff and volunteers has been on the front line for the last 11 months, uh, that would be wonderful because that will hopefully encourage a lot of people to give and to be part of this uh, OHEL Gala, even if you're not there in person, but just being there for the organization. Robert Katz is the Chief Development Officer uh, at OHEL, and uh, he is with us live via telephone. Robert, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Thank you for playing Cousin Aton before I came on the air. appreciate it. <laughs> you're welcome. You co on him uh, stick together, don't you? Well, you know, thousands of years ago, we were we knew each other well. <laughs> Not a doubt about that. Um, so, I mean, I, I would have to assume that you agree with me. The impression, and I understand why this impression uh, was permeating the Jewish, uh, the, the thoughts of the Jewish community out there, uh, but the impression was that a lot of organizations, a lot of efforts basically stalled, especially those that you would think could only grow and only accomplish things during quote-unquote, normal times. And what you've seen through OHEL and what we've seen through other organizations as well is that just the opposite has happened. People have stepped up, staff and volunteers, like crazy to have an 11 months like no other 11-month period in the history of an organization like OHEL. Before we talk about the gala, which is less than a month away, just give me your impression of what, about what you've seen from staff and volunteers since this pandemic began. Well, if we all think back to our college days when we took uh, basic economics, we learned something called the law of diminishing returns. Mm. Remember that graph that sure. goes up, and then after a while, it just doesn't produce anymore. Oh yeah. I, I think I think OL has disproved the economic theory of the law of diminishing returns. Um, you could take that graph, you could take that chart, you could take whoever came up with the law of diminishing returns didn't take into account the koach, the spirit, the soul the effort, the omits, the gvura of an organization like OHEL in times of tragedy, in times of pandemics. Wow. And so just when you think an organization can't produce anymore and that graph kind of flattens out all the way at the top, the law of diminishing returns gets thrown out the window. And um, thank God the, the staff at OHEL, who are just incredible, amazing, the, 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 the direct service direct support professionals who, who gave up their own Pesach, their own Shavuos, their own uh, Yamim Noraim with their families to stay in our homes with our residences 
I mean, just when you think you, you've seen it all, you, you realize you haven't seen it all. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I think, again, the impression was many months ago that those who needed supervision would be abandoned, that those who needed supervision because of the whole social distancing and the fear, rightfully so, that people had about the spread of this pandemic, that literally it would be people who were abandoned, that they would not have that overnight um, um, a supervision, that would not have the daily visits, et cetera, et cetera. And you saw just the opposite, people taking a lot of risk to make sure they got their job done, not just staff members, but volunteers as well. Such an important point to make. <laughs> You know, and, and it was the food providers, and it was the, yeah. the vendors, and it was the, you know, not, not, not just the staff, but everyone yeah. understood that these people needed to be taken care of. And that, you know, when, when I, as chief development officer of an organization, when I ask for someone for a donation, when we talk about a gift, you know, one of the things I say is, uh, all I'm doing is I'm asking and speaking up on behalf of those who can't ask. Right. 100% true. You know, I, and, and that's my job. I'm here to represent them. I'm here to represent those who can't ask. And 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 in the case of the staffers, they're there to to represent those who can't take care of themselves. Yeah. Or or take care of themselves like you and me supposedly can. <laughs> <laughs> well, today I'm going to be part of that group that asks. I'm going to ask our listeners to come through. Come through with a donation in honor of what's happening on March the 7th. Come through with a major gift in honor of what's happening March the 7th. Or contact Robert and his staff and come through with something really special because of what's happening on March the 7th. OHEL's 51st annual gala is entitled Celebrate Strength. Leave it to OHEL to approach this from a very positive standpoint, and the strength that they've exhibited is pretty amazing. The guests of honor, Toby and Yaeli Steinberg and the entire Gourmet Glot family. We know Yaeli for years. He's worthy of being honored just for the chesed that he does at the helm of the Gourmet Glot family, and I'll turn to Robert in a moment for more words about about that and about all of our honorees. The Harvey and DeGloria Cayley Community Impact Award being um, shared by Adina Lewis and Lawrence Garbuz. The Nadiv Lave Awardees are Shani and Dove Weinstock. Shemtov Award going to Libby and Shlaimi Dax. We know them well, of course. And the COVID heroes will be saluted. How can they not be? OL's team of direct support professionals. Um, they're the ones who have been on the front lines helping in very, very sensitive situations. You don't even want to know some of the things they've had to deal with since Purim of last year. OHEL's virtual event is Sunday, March the 7th. It'll be an inspiring one. And uh, remember, when you view the inspiring event and um, and participate in OHEL's gala, you can uh, win one of two grand prizes, which we will uh, reveal in just a moment uh, and uh, here at JMNAM. To register, place a journal ad, or support the gala, go to ohelgala.org, ohelgala.org, or 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338. Robert, tell me about the choice of Toby and Yaeli Steinberg as guests of honor during this very sensitive year. What an absolute pleasure to be able to honor the Steinbergs and the Gourmet Glot family. Nahum, I live in Fairlawn, New Jersey, and and if I want to spend even 15 minutes with Yoidley, who's so busy, I happily drive out to the five towns <laughs> to have 15 minutes with him. That I believe. Is that like, is that like the ultimate compliment? Yeah, and I believe it. I, I, I know him well, and it, it's 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 amazing just having any encounter with him. Yeah. So we'll 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 please God get him on um, with you and and have him talk with you about. Uh, the efforts of Gourmet Glot, um, 
um, for all their customers and certainly for OHEL and, and, and its clients. Be careful. Uh, um, be careful. He may be a little too modest to tell it like it is on the air. I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah you're getting... You're going to have to do your best investigative yeah, reporting, sir, because Yaley is is uh, yeah. Because I know I know of, I know of situations where the chesed they've done has been immense, and they regard it as you know nothing more than a you know small deal, so to speak. In fact, Yaley might even say that it wasn't Gourmet Glad; it was another uh, vendor who did the work. <laughs> right, that, that also could be. So that that yeah, I could they, that'll be tough, I but but you but, that that that'll be tough. But you made a good choice, to say the least. Well, you know, we, 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 we love them. We love the Gourmet Glock family. And, um, you know, they've got um, just an amazing amount of fans out there. I mean, um, look, if I'm already going out there to meet with Yoeli from Fairlawn and um, you know, I'm already in the store, you know, I'll be there on a Thursday afternoon and I'll, I'll shop for Shabbos. First of all, the fact that he's even meeting with me on a Thursday <laughs> afternoon and David Mandel, our CEO, is just incredible. Like, yeah, I mean, it's clear that he's a very busy man on Thursdays and Fridays. But, um, you know, of course, I'll shop there for Shabbos, and you see the amount of people coming through, and you see the amount of orders and the boxes stacked. And, the um, and um, you know, we saw what they did for us. They, they put the OHEL name and logo on, on their boxes for a month to help uh, support OHEL, um, to create awareness of OHEL's work during COVID. It, wasn't, it didn't say Gourmet Glot on their boxes. Um, in the store, it said OHEL. Oh, Interesting. Um, and, wow. and 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 it it uh, it um, you know promoted the work that we do. I mean, of course, Gourmet Glot was there on the side. Right. You know, they didn't completely eliminate their name, but the, the little things like that, little things like that, where for the next few weeks we're going to ditch the Gourmet Glot boxes that everyone schleps home and 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 deliveries and all that, and we're going to instead feature OHEL oh, on the boxes. Right. Little things like that, you know, and and it's 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 on you know. Uh, they they do it out of love and and appreciation and 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 respect for for the hard work that some uh, people in the community like us do, and um, they understand you know, especially during these eleven months. Uh, I mean the addiction problems, the the the, the domestic abuse problems, uh, the, the 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 people you know thinking of of uh, unimaginable thoughts. Um, I mean the the volume of 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 calls and and the deep heavy lifting that we've had to do in the last 11 months um so you know toby and yoyli as leaders of of uh a very important facet of of the jewish world which is food <laughs> yeah um are are clearly a a great choice and we're it's just an absolute pleasure having them as guests of honor well i know that yoyli's approached on a regular basis with some really really sensitive chesed cases I'm not just talking about what he does for OHEL, but in general. And it's amazing how he and the organization, meaning Gourmet Glot, responds. Uh, the uh, the Kayleys, uh, they have an award named for their family, and Adina Lewis and Lawrence Garbuz are going to be uh, feted with that award, this uh, this OHEL gala. Tell me about that. Well, well, this this couple from New Rochelle, uh, the Garbuzes, um, um, some people may, may, may know their name already, but um, what people don't realize is that... Um, Adina and Lawrence have been doing pro bono work for OHEL for years. Way, be, way before. Oh, wow. Way before this year. Interesting. Way before this year. We'll, yeah. we'll explain in a second. We'll explain in a second. Uh, they have their own boutique bequest and estate law firm. 
Um, they're they're a married couple from from New Rochelle. They daven at the Young Israel of New Rochelle, and they are stalwarts of that community. And um, Lawrence and Adina um, co-own a a, a, a family uh, a boutique uh, estate and bequest law firm. And um, what they've been doing for us for years is, first of all, they're, they're on the Lifetime Care Foundation of OHEL board. Uh, Lawrence is a board member of our Lifetime Care Foundation. What is the Lifetime Care Foundation at OHEL? Well, here's an obvious question that we deal with every day that maybe the rest of the listening audience don't think about. And that is, if my child has a person with disabilities, if my child is a person with disabilities, what's going to happen to them one day when I die? Who's going to take care of them? Right. How is it going to be funded? The government just doesn't just pour money into their lives and, and take care of everything A to Z, and that's it. Where are they going to go for Shabbos? Where are they going to be? Where are they going to eat? How are they going to eat? How are they going to dress? Who will um, fill, who um, will fulfill my wishes for them? Who of will, course. Who will take the direction that I want to take for them, right? And how we want them to live, how we want the setup to be, right. um, an apartment, living with a brother, living with a sister, supported housing. All these things come into play, and most people who don't have this in their lives clearly don't even stop to think about it. But those who do have it in their lives... Um, um, need need a lifetime care foundation, and and they need something called a special needs trust. Um, a person with disabilities um, who's unable to take care for themselves, their family needs to create a special needs trust, which figures all that out that we just discussed, and um, it can get quite expensive. Well, the Garbuzes, Adina Lewis Garbuz and Lawrence Garbuz, have been doing pro bono special needs trusts for our um, most needy clients for, for, for several years. And um, they'll write up the special needs trust for those families who can't afford an attorney. And, um, I mean, if I end right there, that's Dayenu. Um, but, um, you know, they have been beacons of hope and strength and, and emuna and bitachon in our community, um, literally dating back to March 1st. And um, so who else but them to have a Community Impact Award named in memory of Harvey Cayley and the great Gloria Cayley. Really beautiful. And, yes, the name is familiar to many, obviously, because of what happened with the start of COVID in this area last year. But, boy, what you just told us uh, really glorifies both of them, and rightfully so. Adina Lewis and Lawrence Garbuz, mazal tov to you on this uh, amazing award coming up March the 7th. Shani and Dove Weinstock, the Div Lev Awardees, what can you tell us? Well, they are the Nahum and Stacy Siegel of the five towns. How's that? <laughs> what does you know that mean? You, guys... <laughs> Is... you like that, huh? They're involved in radio um, or what? <laughs> yeah, he does, he, does a, he does a pirate ship broadcast <laughs> off the coast of the five towns every day. <laughs> there you go. I was wondering what I saw there in the peninsula. You, you you heard of these pirate radio stations? Yeah, of course, oh, believe Dove, me, I have. <laughs> <laughs> what Dove and Shani do is just like the Lower East Side home is um, is um, adopted and loved by the Siegel family and their shul, the Weinstocks who live down the block from 
some wonderful residents in the Cumberland home for Ohel in the Five Towns. Nice, very, very nice. Yes. <laughs> so they are they are truly your kindred spirit. Yeah, I, I'm glad. Um, <laughs> now I understand the category. That's wonderful to be associated with <laughs> with people. I have a feeling they do a lot more than we do, but it's amazing when people who are close to an Ohel residence. When they get the opportunity, them and their children get the opportunity to just either uh, m- meet the residents, have them over for a Shabbos meal, meet them in shul and enjoy Kiddush with them, or just have fun with them, frankly, by, you know, by just uh, discussing whatever their favorite topics are, whether it's Jewish music or sports or whatever it might be. Uh, it's really exactly. ama- it's really amazing what you could do, folks. It's really amazing what you could do. So the wine stocks took advantage of the, of the geography that they're so close to a residents. Uh, and you know the wine stocks will tell you. You know when they first moved into the community and they and they and they knew that there was a home there, they weren't quite sure. And 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 Shani will tell you. And and Shani told me, and she said she'll say it on the video, that being five doors away or whatever it is from an Ohel home in the Five Towns has literally, um, 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 not just energized, but but emboldened and and enlightened their world and their family, and they've made their family a better family because of the guys next door. I be- oh, sorry about that. I believe that. And the Shem Tov Award on the 7th of March, Libby and Shlaimi Dak. Shlaimi's been involved with the organization for a long time. Shlaimi has been involved for a long time. Libby has been involved for a long time, hosting pizza parties for our clients um, and and just, just doing any act of chesed they possibly can. Needless to say, you know, we, we've uh, we, you know we've heard Shlomi Dax for years, um, but but what, what we what some people don't realize about about Shlomi and Libby is that with all the time that he spends on other people's smachot, he takes his talents and and he takes his time and he volunteers it for people who are less fortunate. Yeah. And we have several clients who are major major fans of Shlomi and Libby, and we have major uh, um, um, time that they spend with Shlaimi and Libby. And Shlaimi will sing for them, and Shlaimi will sing with them. And, and Shlaimi will just make them happy, and, and, and Shlaimi and Libby will come to the home, and, and they'll spend hours upon hours uh, with the home near them. And, 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 I mean, in the middle of COVID, I'll give you a great example. How do you throw a Hanukkah? We usually throw a Hanukkah party for 600, 700 people, yep. uh, our clients, every year. We throw a massive Hanukkah party with Shlemy Dax as the featured singer. Right. And everyone uh, of our clients loves getting up there on stage and singing part of Mao's Tzor or singing, uh, um, you know, La Yehudim Haita Ora Vesimcha, you know, with, with Shlemy on stage or any one of his songs on stage. And, you know, uh, some of them have good voices, some of them have not such good voices. But anyone who wants to gets a chance to sing with Shlemy. Well, how do you throw a party like that this year? Mm-hmm. Son of a gun, son of a gun, Slimy Dax went onto the back uh, of a flatbed truck <laughs> with our friend she, with our friend she is Solomon, <laughs> and 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 Shlimy sang through the streets of Brooklyn and through the streets of the five towns as we approached every Ohel home about a half a block away. The music started. He started singing. The clients came out. And we danced with the clients outside, of course, social distancing and masks and all that. And it was really, it was 34 degrees, you know, and, and Shlomi was out there with his, with his fur, you know, fake fur coat, you know, singing um, uh, on the back of a flatbed truck. 
That's what you do <laughs> that, in COVID. That, that is, that's, how, that's how you pivot during a pandemic. And, and I mean, it, it, it really gladdens the heart. It raises the spirits and, and, um, and the direct support professionals, obviously. Yeah. That's, you know, that's obvious. You know, you know that, we, that's I, obvious. I mean, that, about that, the that we, we talk about all these honorees who do things out of the goodness of their heart, but the direct support professionals, I think it's fair to say, do take, I'm not going to say the lives, but do take their health into their own hands here. Yep. Um, and and um, they, they take their family's health sometimes into their own hands. And, and people on this virtual gala are going to hear stories and they're going to shake their heads and they're going to say, oh, my gosh, I could never have done that. Yeah, and we've had an opportunity. I mean, even when we're not talking about the gala, we've had a chance to talk about the uh, incredible uh, direct support professionals on the front lines who have been there in really sensitive situations and for a lot of families out there during this pandemic. It's OL's 51st annual gala. A couple of quick things before we wrap up, Robert. Robert Katz is with us, of course. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that um, the majority of people, I mean, this, this event is going to be a very small in-person event, I'm assuming, and that the majority of people will be online uh, watching and, to be, and being part of it on Sunday, March 7th. Is that the intention? Is that how it's going to work? Well, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be on March seventh. We're going to have an, an exclusive virtual event, is what we decided. Governor Cuomo announced the ability to do 150 people in person indoor events, but that's only beginning on March fifteenth. Ah, I didn't so, realize that. Okay. Yeah, he he announced that two Fridays ago or last Friday. So we had to hold at a virtual event for March seventh. Got it. We are going to host. We are going to host our honorees and their friends and family at a special outdoor event on the uh, Kushner Terrace at Ohel's new Jaffa Family Campus uh, in the springtime as the weather gets nicer. We will, do a big out, we will do a big outdoor l'chaim for the friends and family and, of course, the honorees and our board members um, at the Ohel Jaffa Family Campus uh, outdoors sometime in the spring. All right, got that. And there's one other thing we got to mention. Uh, anybody who's uh, on the, uh, on the uh, virtual event will be entered to win one of two grand prizes. Second prize is the free tuition to OL's Camp Cayley. That's for the summer of 2021. And the first prize is a trip to Dubai with the itinerary curated by Rabbi Yehuda Sarna, who's the chief rabbi of the UAE and a proud Camp Cayley parent. And all of those airfare and accommodations will be taken care of uh, by um, uh, by uh, OHEL. What do people need to know about this uh, drawing? Well, first of all, Nachum, as you well know, um, every Jewish event these days has to include Dubai. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we had uh, an anonymous donor match three anonymous donors, um, you know, to pay for this trip. No, just kidding. Um, this is, um, this is a, 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 a gift um, that uh, will, will go to anyone who registers for the event. Um, just log on, register for the event. Um, spend some time with us online, learn about us, learn about our work, and you will be automatically entered to win a, a, a round-trip uh, excursion, a one-week airfare and hotel accommodations, luxury accommodations in Dubai. Um, and we want to thank Rabbi Yehuda Sarna for that. We're, we're, we're very fortunate to have him as part of the OL family, um, as he has a wonderful uh, typical child um, who's benefited from a lot uh, up at Camp Cayley. And uh, he and Michelle are, are good friends of ours. Um, and um, you know what? If you're a Camp Cayley parent and you already have a child registered at Camp Cayley for the summer, 
why not register? Why not watch? Your odds of getting a free tuition for your child are pretty darn good. No, yeah, well, they'll be better. Uh, you know. They'll be better than if you don't register. That's for sure. To register, place a journal ad or support the gala and all the amazing honorees. Ohelgala.org or email gala at olfamily.org or 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338. Robert Katz, Robert Katz is Chief Development Officer at OHEL. The event is March the 7th. We'll remind everybody constantly until we get to the 7th of March. Robert, I thank you. Anything else you'd like to add? I want to thank you, Nachum, for always, always just, just um, believing in us and being there for us. And I want to thank all our supporters right now who may be listening or will be listening later on for your support, for sticking with us through the year. It has been um, much appreciated. Words cannot begin to express how we feel about the people who are continuing to support us, and words cannot begin to express how we know the supporters feel about having supported us throughout the year. I know they feel great. They feel really good about what they've done. And in these dark days that some people are having, um, one of the ways to really, truly bring light is to, is to reach in deep down and, and do what you can to support the less fortunate. If nothing else, it really does make you and your family um, feel a lot better about the world. No doubt about that. Thank you, Robert, and continued success. We'll talk more about the gala down the road. Thank you, Nahum. Robert Katz, Chief Development Officer at OL. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Robert Katz about the upcoming OHEL Gala. Thanks so much for tuning in. Plenty more coming up. Keep it here all day long on the Nahum Siegel Network.